This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to the Voorheesville Dionysians. The Drama Club has persevered with theater in the time of the coronavirus. The club's president, Hannah Lewis, has the title role in this month's production of The Drowsy Chaperone. Vice President Kira Woods plays a bride-to-be as a combination of the old Hollywood ingenue and a naive Disney princess. Each actor plays his or her part individually at home, filmed against a 12-foot-high, 10-foot-wide green screen. The separate videos will be edited together as one. Along with their director, Robert Whiteman, they discuss the challenges and joys of producing a play in the midst of a pandemic. One thing about yourself that is interesting, just so people get an idea of who you are. So, Hannah? Well, um, that's this is always such a tough question, I guess. Um, I'm really into art and graphic design and film, so that's what I hope to go into. And my experience with the show and everything has really helped with a, it's a creative outlet. So that's why I'm here. Oh, that's great. And how about you, Kira? Um, I guess an interesting fact about me that relates to what we're talking about is I am um, planning on majoring in musical theater and pursuing that as a career. But if we want a really um, weird, interesting fact, I have a painting of a mere cat named Sir Gerald. So <laughs> you have a painting of what is it? A mere, a mere cat. cat. Yes. Oh, so you have a fondness for them. Yes, I do. They're really interesting, aren't they? So. Yes. I would like to start back a year ago, pre-pandemic, just to get a sense of what the Dionysians usually are. I know you were working on a production of Legally Blonde. So tell us a bit about that and and what happened when COVID-19 came roaring in. I'm going to start and then I'm going to turn it over to these young actors because today marks an anniversary, as a matter of fact. This was the day a year ago that we performed or rehearsed with each other for the last time. And it was quite a shock to us the next day when we realized that was it. We really didn't have the knowledge on March 12th that that was going to be it. So it's a bittersweet memory um, it's strange to think that it's a year ago, but maybe from um, the actor's point of view, they can tell you where we were at in the process. And maybe Kira, you want to start us off because Kira was playing the lead role of Elle Woods. Sure, I can start. Um, I remember this very vividly. <laughs> we were kind of, it was a week before... It wasn't a week before we opened, but it was almost a week before we opened. And we were just about to start tech week. And I remember like we were in the middle of sorting out like quick changes and costumes and sort of finally getting into building the set. We were supposed to come in that Saturday to like sing with the pit for the first time. So we were, so we were just about to, you know, really kick into gear. 
and get ready to open. So we were running at full force and everything sort of came to like a crashing halt is the best way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I I can't imagine what that'd be like. You work so long on getting a production ready and then to be unable to actually perform. So did was there any thought of maybe doing a video of it or did that run into copyright issues or you just had to let the whole thing go? It was sort of a slow process because at that point we were just waiting to find out what was going on in the district, in the county and in the world. So we actually thought we were taking just a pause and that we might be able to reschedule it. And the company that governs the royalties and rights was willing to do that, to extend the contract for a year even. And there was no thought of doing any sort of recording of it because we simply couldn't come back together to do it. That would have put us all back in the same space and unprotected. So we always thought maybe at that point we would come back, do it live somehow, and then seek permission from our company to be able to record that. That never happened. And unfortunately, this um, particular production is not um, currently available for streaming or broadcasting. This is These are show-by-show show negotiations that happen with the creative teams, the original um, composers and lyricists. And unfortunately, Legally Bond is not one of those shows. So I'd like to talk before we plunge into how you've managed in the midst of COVID to come up with a production. Now, back up, if you two young women don't mind, to normal times and what it is that you get out of acting and theater, why it is you do this at all. Just tell us a little about um, why that's important to you. And I guess, Kira, if you're planning on pursuing that for a career, it might be good to start with you. Sure, I'd be happy to talk about that. This is something I really feel, you know, this topic especially I feel very connected with. I really think that, you know, people have a purpose in life and theater for me is something that, you know, I can do to, you know, make the world a little better and, you know, make people smile and just bring a little light to someone's day. I remember <laughs> it was actually after a production of Mamma Mia, um, 2019, I think. I remember just uh, finishing the show and coming out after the show and just seeing people beaming and smiling. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do this for a living. <laughs> And that's sort of, I, it makes me feel connected to people and it makes me feel really good that, you know, I can just do a little something to make someone smile. Yeah, Mamma Mia is one of those shows. You just come out of it feeling uh, transformed. So when did you start in theater? Where did you first step on the boards? I've been doing theater um, since I was seven years old. I, you know, I actually had never done like, big shows up until like middle school because where I used to live we really didn't have a lot of those opportunities so I just kind of did like classes and um showcases and stuff and I started I didn't start getting really really into it until high school um I sort of took a break for a while after I moved and you know it was best decision of my life ever <laughs> to decide to audition for uh 
Tarzan in ninth grade. <laughs> oh, I saw that production. That was that yeah. was amazing. So, Hannah, tell me a little about yourself. And you have a sort of wider interest in creative arts. How does theater fit into that? And when did you start? Well, I um, I've been I've been going to Voorheesville for you know a while, and I started out um, in our fifth grade show. And I did it, you know, it was this, it was this crazy thing that the fifth graders got to do, you know, so it was super exciting when I was an older kid, I get to do it and I did it and it was fun. And then the the next year I auditioned for, um, our next show that it, and it just felt like something I should do. It started out mostly as fear of uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. So I didn't exactly have a passion for it, but it's a passion that grew out of my participation in it. Um, I actually, I had to take a break for a couple years in middle school because it conflicted with uh, volleyball. But then in high school, when I was really thrown back into it with Tarzan, it really, I remember the moment that it hit me that I was like, oh my gosh, like this, this is it's such a community effort and everyone has to work together in such a cohesive way. It was so inspiring to be in that kind of environment. And I remember uh, Fallon Zell, um, when we performed our show in Tarzan, um, I believe it was the second night. She was crazy ill. She was backstage like with a towel on her forehead and everything. And then we were like, oh, my gosh, is she going to be able to go up on stage? Is she going to be able to go up? And then she performed it. She went out there and she performed it the best she had ever done it. And I remember thinking like that, that's a transformation that the stage brings. And I just thought that was so, so cool. And every year I think about that. And every year when I go out and I'm feeling nervous to do something or I feel embarrassed or something like that, I remember Fallon with like a 103 degree <laughs> fever, or whatever, um, wasn't contagious. I feel like I should say that. Um, <laughs> right. she, uh, I, I just remember that. And I'm like, that's a stage. It's a completely new world. When you go up there, you're not yourself. And, and side think, note, if you allow me to interrupt, sorry, Hannah. Yeah, absolutely. Fallon won the best featured actress in a musical at the high school musical theater awards that Proctor sponsors for that role. And when you think about what Hannah is saying, never is that the goal of anyone. And yet it was just the right recognition because we knew besides what people saw on stage, we knew the story behind stage that it took to bring that. So for us, it was it was thrilling to be able to say to her, thank you. You know, thank you for your dedication. Um, she was a senior at that point. So it just you know, it seems to cap that experience. And, it, and like Hannah said, it was a wild ride. It was this year of the stomach flu went through the cast. Wow. We what, had another actress out as well. So what I'm hearing between the words here is just this incredible sense of community you all have. Um, mm -hmm. It just um, to be inspired by each other and um, part of something larger than yourself. So what I'd like to hear now is just how this translates in the era 
of the coronavirus because here we all are not part of a community in our isolated little worlds. And rather than right now, we used to do these podcasts sitting around a table. You're each in your own rooms with your computer. So just how, first of all, how did you pick this play? Um, what did the selection take into consideration the current isolation or what, what led you to choose the drowsy chaperone? Well, we had had, um, I mean, so many meetings, months and months leading up to uh, the date that we would actually start something like this up um, as the officers. So um, myself, Kira, our secretary, Abby Beauregard, and our treasurer, Madison Galvin, as well as Mr. Whiteman and our amazing advisor, Mrs. Rivenberg, um, we had had so many meetings just discussing the possibilities, what can we, what can't we do? We talked about doing plays, musicals, a cabaret thing. Um, just, and it was all based on participation and what everyone else wanted to do. And I, there was a lot of back and forth, but eventually I think we settled on, um, you know, we wanted to, we wanted to do a musical because everyone does really love the musical aspect of all these performances. And we knew it would be a challenge doing it from home, but we thought, we had such an impassioned group of kids coming into it that everyone would do their part and it would work out really well. And I think we were totally right based on the progress we've made so far. Um, but, and I know the drowsy chaperone when, when Mr. Whiteman first brought it up, I wasn't super familiar. I had heard of it before, never listened to it. Um, but it really makes sense because the whole show is about how, um, how the music musicals can take you out of your world and put you in another and they're designed to make you to feel good and to, and to take you away from your troubles and everything like that, which really goes with the, the theme of the year. Like we want something to take us away from all of this. Um, so I think that's what pointed Mr. Whiteman toward that show. And then when he brought it up to all of us, it made sense. Yes. And no, I mean, thanks for giving me, credit but we really all thought we had to as hannah said survey who wants to be involved who can be committed who wants to do this work and from there we knew the group we had which you know to be honest with you is about half of what we usually have and so we had to figure out what would work best with those people and we have still designs on perhaps doing a play but practically speaking, you know, for the, the general public to know, a lot of our decision making has to do with money because we lost a lot of it last year. Um, we were not able to perform the show, therefore not make um, proceeds from ticket sales, which is our number one um, income. So a lot of it was if we pick a musical, we may attract a bigger audience at first that mm -hmm. puts some more money back in the account that allows us to then do a play. So we are forward looking very much so because we need to keep this program going. And Drowsy Chaperone happened to have about 12 characters. We had about 12 people. And then I was looking for a sign. And Hannah, you're, you're right. The sign for me was, wait, this is about somebody who uses the theater to escape. And it's silly and it's fluffy and 
bubbly and it just seemed the perfect thing. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up. I wasn't familiar with it. And it seems mm. like um, a really fun show. And the idea of the play within the play gives you um, a kind of a neat frame to work with. I just want to delve a little bit into the money part because that is interesting. And for people to know, they, as you say, might become more supportive if they realize that. How... How is this going to be monetized? In other words, you're streaming the production, right? So there's no ticket taker. (laughs) How does that work? Oh, yeah. How do people see the show? Good. Kira's got that. I do have this. (laughs) Um, What we've been doing is, you know, in addition to doing a lot of fundraisers and stuff, like recently we streamed our um, old production of Tarzan online. Um, but what we're doing with this is we're streaming um, on a website that also allows for donations, which is proven to be extraordinarily helpful, especially with a lot of the fees that um, the site requires for streaming. We found that um, we found that that it turned out to be I don't know how to word what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we were very conscious. I care if you don't yeah. mind. I think maybe I know that you're saying we were conscious about not over asking. Yeah. Um, we realize everybody is in a position. Um, and we decided that streaming a production using this particular company show ticks for you made the most sense because it took some of the onus off of us technically Um, You would have to find your own streaming service and then um, take in your own money, give out your own links. ShowTix for you does that really seamlessly with our royalty and rental company, Music Theater International. So we discovered, yes, there are fees attached to it, but it's easy for a patron to go to that website, um, buy a ticket, and then upon reaching checkout, they can make a donation to us. And it's, you know, like you would do in any theater um, online ticketing. It's, it's, you know, it's there for you to decide to do or not to do. And we felt like that was really appropriate, that we did not want to overly pressure people. But if they're going to watch the show, maybe they wanted to make that additional donation. So what... Give us the give us the address. Give us how people get there. Well, the easiest way for them to find it is to go to the website show ticks for you. And that is show T I X. The number four you dot com. And in that first window, they'll be able to search Voorheesville and up pops our landing page. There is a specific URL that's much longer. Um, if they follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok at Ville Dionysians, then there are direct links from all of our social media. Great. So now this is the fun part. I want to hear from both of you, Hannah and Kira, about the roles that you're playing in this show and how you have developed your characters. I'll I'll go first here. So um, I am the drowsy chaperone. 
um, which is an interesting title role. Um, I, I walked into this, you know, being casted like, well, I, it wasn't what I expected, but when Mr. Whiteman explained, you know, his intention behind the the character, it did it did make sense, and it's super fun to play. She's this mature. Um, well, it there's also a double layer as well because it's a show within a show. So the actress, um, she's this vaudeville performer, has been on been on the stage for a very long time. Um, she's she almost has this air about her that she's better than everyone else around her. Um, but she plays this character of the drowsy chaperone, uh, a chronically drunk, <laughs> um, you know, it's, she's the chaperone for Janet who is getting, who's getting married. And she has, she has all of this advice for her, but she's kind of, you know, she doesn't really want to be there, but she thinks she's too important to not be involved. So it's a very interesting character to be playing. Um, you know, it's got to kind of put on some sort of swagger. Um, and Mr. Whiteman have done a lot of work on, you know, what is her and what are her intentions? You know, why is she here if she doesn't really care that much? Um, but she really does try to make it all about her sometimes, which um, it's a very fun character to play. And I have lots of, you know, fun props on the table near me. I've got oh, a flask. Oh, so for people I've who cannot see this, Hannah <laughs> is holding up a flask. This is set in the night. It's the play within the play is set in the it's 1920s. So yeah, she's holding a flask and a wine cup. And I had to look up the 20s vernacular. I didn't know drowsy meant tipsy. You know, when I saw the title, I thought it was a sleepy chaperone rather than a tipsy chaperone. So um, yeah, you're, you're time traveling here, having to get in the flapper era as well as this frame of the show where we have kind of a bewildered Broadway fan who is kind of taking it all in. It's, it's really quite a sophisticated, um, a production. So Kira, tell us about who you are playing and how you come at your role. I would love to talk about that. Um, so I am playing Janet Van de Graaff. She is the bride, um, who the chaperone is chaperoning. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the musical within the musical is about Janet leaving show business to marry Robert Martin, the dashing Albright toothpaste man. It'll make sense in the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and her her storyline, I guess, is, you know, she's in this constant like pressure to stay in the show or does she leave to get married? And it's and from that chaos erupts and it's absolute madness <laughs> um and like for my approach to the character what I did is I kind of narrowed it down to like this specific formula <laughs> of how I like to play her and that is taking like the old Hollywood sort of ingenue type combining it with a little bit of like Disney princess naiveness um with a tiny bit of sophistication and a dash of insanity because everyone in the show is absolutely nuts. <laughs> whether they think, whether they believe it or not, I mean, 
I mean, Janet has an entire song where she just has this massive mental breakdown and she's singing about monkeys and it makes no sense. <laughs> can we hear a bit of that, Kira? Can you burst into song for us just a little bit? <laughs> can, I, can I sing it? Yeah, just a tiny it's, bit. She just, just, oh. <laughs> the beginning part, maybe it's the good. The beginning. I put a monkey on a pedestal and tried to make that monkey stay. <laughs> and he did for time, but he needed to climb and with other monkeys play far away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. Amazing. Isn't that? And Melissa, um, just for the audience's background, that part was played by the very popular Sutton Foster on Broadway, and she won a Tony Award for it. So, you know, this is a this is a yeah, really well. It's a small play or musical, not as well known, but it did very, very well um, in terms of the the Tony Award committee. So yeah. that's always fun. Well, I'm wondering for both of you is modern young women um, fitting into the parameters of the plot, you know, the idea that if Janet marries, she's giving up her career. <laughs> you know, there's this this choice to be made that goes way back to the ancient Greek myths, which you're club is named after where you have a choice for women of either creative maidenhood or marriage death. <laughs> and here you are, um, I would think, uh, picturing your own futures as being rich enough to include both of those things if you chose. So, I mean, did, did you have any kind of mental adjustment to make in, in jumping into this world? In a way... Not really, because the show, it makes fun of that. Yeah. The fact that she's like, you see the ridiculousness and the fact that like, why, why is she, (laughs) she doesn't have to leave, but she does anyway. And like the way everything resolves itself is, you know, it's all meant to make fun of the old Hollywood, old Broadway fashion of things like. So in a way, it wasn't really an adjustment. It's sort of, it's fun to poke fun at that. And yeah. You know, look at it through that lens. Well, it ends up with a whole slew of marriages at the end, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it's the kind of Shakespearean comedy in that way. Everybody comes together in a way right. that we don't want to reveal too much of the plot. But. Yeah. And if you peel, if you peel back enough layers, there is some really smart um, messaging. And, you know, if you think about these two young actors here, playing these contrasting roles, one is dead set against marriage and in the beginning, at least, and the other um, all for it. And so there's that contrast. And then there's the sort of the character of the man in the chair who we're breaking some traditions, but having played by the very popular Kyle Tursky, um, a teacher at the high school, he is spectacular in this role because he brings that sort of um, weary adult, (laughs) I guess you could say, approach to narrating this story, which is, you know, his own life didn't end like a musical, the character 
um, the man in the chair. So, you know, there's there's a lot of layers hidden beneath all of the champagne bubbles and beautiful costumes that we've assembled. But you have to dig. <laughs> you know, this is not one that necessarily hits you over the head. If you study it after, you'll notice it's very well crafted. Yeah, I love this idea of the man in the chair. It's, uh, you know, it's a play within a play, but then there's a frame around the whole thing. And he seems to have had a difficult life that didn't have all the happy marriage endings. You know, he mentions a divorce and you get a sense of this punctured reality coming into this kind of mythic portrayal. But now we're so short on time and I wanted to hear about what it was like doing this in terms of rehearsing and all the things that usually you do as a group. How did you manage to do that while following these pandemic rules? Um, we worked really closely with the administration at the school um, who has to, of course, follow protocols and procedures dictated by the county and the state to begin the process completely remotely. And we are still 98% remotely learning music, learning choreography, learning blocking with the idea that everybody gets filmed individually against a green screen. That happens in person um, with a limited number of people following protocols. But right now it is, you know, 90% remotely that we're working and that we're going to magically put it all together using some green screen technology and you know technically speaking it it's it's planned <laughs> we start filming next week but you know check back in with us um we can really tell you the story of how that all went in a couple of weeks well just fill us in on green screen what exactly mm -hmm. does that mean <clears throat> so every actor when they're rehearsing at home is directed to face a certain direction or um, move within a very limited space because we know our green screen width is 12 feet and its height is 10 feet, et cetera. So after they learn their individual parts, they're going to come in and perform those on while standing on the green screen and it's behind them and they are filmed and they are recorded. And then in editing, um, we're working with Specialized Audio Visual Incorporated. Um, we edit it all together and we can put multiple people on the screen. So it appears that they were all in the same space, but they never were. Wow. So Kira and Hannah, tell me what it's like <laughs> to be acting with someone who's not there. Um, how is that different than the other plays you've done? How, how, how do you, how do you feed that emotion back and forth with an actor that's not there? I actually do want to jump into that because I, I just recently had a conversation with Mr. Whiteman, a couple where I, I think it's, I find it really difficult to, you know, be acting to no one. I mean, remembering like when you're looking right, when you're looking left, because I have to associate it, you know, with my wall and my canvas in the corner. Like it's, it's, there's no, there's no face to be reacting to. So you almost have to, you have to memorize more of other people's actions as well. Um, because you need to know what you're 
what you're reacting to and you can't actually see them. Um, it, it has been, it's been a super challenge for me cause I'm super visual. Um, but you know, you just have to kind of put yourself in that space and imagine it in front of you, which, um, it's very, very different. Um, but, and challenging, but it's, I, I think it's going to work out really well. So I'm excited. Yeah. And it's also when you were talking earlier about the Tarzan production, how inspired you were by Fallon. Is that the name? <laughs> um, and yeah. you don't have that uh, playing off of each other. But I also imagine, and maybe Kira can address this. Um, I often talk to young actors who are so... Uh, enamored of having an audience in the sense that they can feel the audience reacting. It's why being, say, a movie actor is different than a stage actor. And um, here you're going to be playing entirely to a camera. Could you talk about that, Kira, how how that feels different than the kind of interaction you get from an audience when you're on stage? Most definitely. It's if anything, I mean, I think it's going to be an absolutely wonderful production. I'm so, so excited for this to come together. But, you know, I there's nothing that can really replace the feeling of, like, performing it for an audience. I, No matter how, <laughs> I mean, it's so much fun. I'm so, so grateful to be doing this. I just, I miss, I miss getting to perform for other people. And this show especially, I think if we had had the opportunity to do it in person, the ability to... Because in a comedy like this, which breaks the fourth wall so often, you're not just playing off of your other actors. You have the opportunity to play off of the audience. And that's something that, unfortunately, we can't really do. Um, But fortunately enough for the show, due to the fourth wall breaking nature, again, we can adapt that to, you know, the screen and it'll still make sense. But I mean, it's it's definitely it's different. Yeah. Well, um, you've now gotten experience, not just as a stage actor, but a movie actor, which is, yeah. <laughs> as I understand over the years of talking to actors, a very, very different experience. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, you've gotten experience that very few actors have of having to act against no one. You know, there are a few very mm-hmm. famous films where people have done that, you know, in order to have a character double or something like that. And here here you are doing it in a high school performance. So kudos mm. to you. So our time has flown by, but if each of you, I'll circle back, if you have just a closing thought for our listeners, something we haven't gotten to that's important to you, either about yourself or about the play that you're working on just go for it I'll give them a second I am immediately thinking how thankful I am for this this group this this combination of not just the actors but we also have some students working crew for us the adults that are supporting this it is in essence still a community um, maybe not a community that gathers um, in the same space, but we are connecting and we are making things happen. And for me, I'm thankful for the people who signed up for it and wanted to take this roller coaster. So I thank all of all of the people. And there are too many to name because I don't want to leave any out. But um, definitely, it is a just as large as an effort to build a community for this that gets you know all the pieces and parts moving. And so thanks to all of them for sure. 
So Hannah or Kira, any closing thoughts? I was going to say the same thing. I mean, this takes so much work to put together and it takes so many people. And especially with everything being virtual, in order to maintain that sense of community, people have to work five times harder because when you're not in the physical space with someone, you know, collaborating and working, it's you have to work so hard to get that feeling, to maintain that feeling of community. And I think we've done that. Um, so I think that's just a testament to how hard everyone is working. Excellent. And Kira, do you have any closing thoughts? I mean, all of that and more. I'm so I mean, I'm so extraordinarily grateful to be getting to do this um, this year. And I'm so, so proud of everyone who's, you know, volunteered to help us you know, put together this production. Everyone is doing such a wonderful job. I'm so, so excited to see how this turns out. I honestly think this is going to be a phenomenal production. Um, am I a little biased? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you are. And I, you're a senior, so yeah. I must be, yes. it would be easy to be bitter. You know, here you are in theater, <laughs> wanting to pursue yeah. theater, being bitter that you were denied this chance and what should be your triumphant yeah. year. And instead... All of you have not just made the best of it, but risen to the occasion in a way that just sounds phenomenal. I thank you so much for sharing this and can't wait to see the production. So thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you very much. 